Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. It is Wednesday, August 10th, and this is People Every Day. Hello, hello, everyone, and happy birthday, Grandma. (laughs) It's Janine Rubenstein. For all those listening, I want to say congratulations. You are officially halfway through the week. (laughs) We have a fresh crop of stories just for you, so let's get right to it. Up first, Mindy Kaling is addressing rumors that her former co-star, B.J. Novak, is the father of her children, saying in an interview with Marie Claire that talk doesn't bother her. Kaling and Novak first met playing a hilariously dysfunctional couple on hit NBC sitcom The Office and dated behind the scenes between 2004 and 2007. Since then, though, they've maintained a super close friendship, including being each other's platonic dates to red carpet premieres and sharing a pod during the early days of the pandemic. Kaling also named Novak as both her four-year-old daughter Catherine and 23-month-old son Spencer's godfather. In the interview published yesterday, Kaling said, he's the godparent to both my kids and they have such a great relationship. And so far, the rumors haven't affected my happiness at all. It hasn't affected my kids or BJ. Kaling also shared in the interview why she decides to keep her family life out of the spotlight, saying, quote, I'm the only parent my kids have. I think I err on the side of super cautious so that there's less things that they can potentially be mad at me about down the line. (laughs) Regardless of rumors, I think we can all agree it's super sweet that BJ and Mindy have such a good friendship. Kelly and Ryan, forever. Moving on, Amanda Seyfried is opening up about the difficulties she faced as a young actress, including pushing through nudity scenes that made her, quote, uncomfortable. In an interview with Porter Magazine published Monday, Seyfried reflected on her early career in the pre-Me Too era, saying, quote, being 19, walking around without my underwear on, like, are you kidding me? How did I let that happen? Oh, I know why. I was 19 and I didn't want to upset anybody and I wanted to keep my job. Now, with recent Academy Awards and Emmy nominations under her belt, the Mean Girls actress says she feels, quote, a respect level that I have never felt so fully surrounding her career. But Seifert notes that the prestige she's received has little to do with how she feels, telling Porter, it has nothing to do with any level of fame or recognition or critical acclaim. It's not because of Mank. It's not because of the dropout. It's not about having seen my movies. I'm respected because I'm 36 years old and I know who the F I am. Hell yeah, Amanda. Next up, more information is coming out about the circumstances that led to Fred Savage's abrupt firing from the Wonder Years reboot earlier this year. We break down the new revelations from the anonymous women who have decided to speak out next. If you have been wondering what went down with Fred Savage on set of the Wonder Years reboot, new reports have surfaced. Back in May, Savage, star of the original Wonder Years, made headlines after he was fired from his role as executive producer and director of Disney's reboot of the iconic 60s-era show, which premiered last September. And now we're hearing why. Yesterday, The Hollywood Reporter broke the news that some of his colleagues on set of the show have accused him of sexual harassment and assault. 
Some of the women who brought these allegations claim that he would get angry on set and that he had questionable interactions with crew members. The man at the center of this firestorm has spoken out on these claims, denying some are true, but also apologizing for behavior that may have upset anyone. But his accusers are not seeking words. They are seeking actions in hopes that what they allege doesn't happen to anyone else. So here to help me break down this latest string of misconduct allegations against Savage is People's Associate TV Editor, Dory Jackson. Hey, Dory. Thanks for having me back. So a few months ago, word got out that Savage was reportedly involved in some unsettling behavior while on set. Take us back to that time and what we heard then. So news broke on May 6th that Fred Savage had been fired as executive producer and director of the series. And at the time, a spokesperson for 20th Television told People, Recently, we were made aware of allegations of inappropriate conduct by Fred Savage, and as his policy and investigation was launched, upon its completion, the decision was made to terminate his employment as executive producer and director. We weren't exactly clear what those allegations were, but we had sources tell us that it had to do with his anger on set. So now we're hearing from his accusers in this Hollywood Reporter article, though they have chosen to remain anonymous, reportedly due to fear, backlash, and the desire to protect their careers, it says. Per the report from The Hollywood Reporter, this group of women are claiming that they saw two different sides of Savage, which was this charismatic, seemingly supportive colleague, and a far darker and angrier alter ego. They claim he could flip to the latter persona in an instant, and in such moments, one says, his eyes would go dead. But one woman said, He would never behave this way in front of actors or executives. What did they say about some relationships that they alleged took place on set? So there was one woman who was working in the crew and sources say at one point even moved into his home and he even bought her gifts and was talking about the future with her. Sources say that she was also sometimes fearful of him when he was angry and he was even sometimes controlling of her daily behaviors. And he was manipulative and erratic. So this is not someone who is included in the article as sharing her personal story. This is coming from uh, other people who witnessed this relationship, it seems. Yes, she actually declined to comment in this report, which is understandable. There was another woman who did speak out, though. Yes, and this woman had befriended Fred Savage while they were working on the show in early December of 2021. She was invited to join Fred and all the people in the crew at some nearby bar that's close to Savage's house. And she went into a restroom stall and Savage had also entered that restroom and was there when she walked out of the stall. And he approached her apparently with just dead eyes and he pushed her against the wall and trigger warning. While she did plead for him not to do anything, go further, he ended up kissing her and inappropriately touching her and to quote her, she said, he put his mouth on mine very forcefully. He went on, he went for the top of my pants. I brushed him away. Then he put his mouth on mine again, grabbed my hand and pulled it on his groin area. I was pulling back. He stopped very angrily. I shoulder checked him so I could get out. She also said in this report that he actually contacted her a little bit after this happened to apologize and tried to be friends, but she claimed to ignore this contact. Wow, these are really, really disturbing allegations. But I should note that this is all what The Hollywood Reporter was apparently told. People 
has not independently talked to these sources. Since these claims broke, Savage has spoken out, though, to defend his name and image. He says, quote, Since I was six years old, I have worked on hundreds of sets with thousands of people and have always strived to contribute to an inclusive, safe, and supportive work environment. It is devastating to learn that there are coworkers who feel I have fallen short of these goals. Do we know if he said anything else regarding these specific allegations? So when he was speaking in a statement to the Hollywood Reporter, he said, while there are some incidents that are being reported that absolutely did not and could not have happened, any one person who feels hurt or offended by my actions is one person too many. I will work to address and change any behavior that has negatively affected anyone, as nothing in this world is more important to me than being a supportive coworker, friend, husband, father, and person. So people actually just reached out to ABC to see if they would publicly comment on this. We have not heard anything back at this moment. That's an interesting statement to categorically deny some of it, but also to essentially apologize, right? Yes. (laughs) But this isn't the first time Savage has faced misconduct allegations. There are incidents that date back to the early 90s, onset of the original Wonder Years. Yes. So in 1993, a costumer who worked on the original Wonder Years set sued then 16-year-old Fred Savage for sexual harassment, and this case was settled. Wow, I'm sure this is far from over, and we will keep you in the know as the story progresses. Thank you, Dory. Thanks for having me. Coming up, in case you missed it, it was just National Book Lovers Day, and we have People's Editor-in-Chief, Liz Vaccarello, on the show to tell us the best reads for this week, and she is a devoted bookworm. But first, a new host for the Emmys, And the Golden Globes are coming back to TV. We break it all down in an awards show update next. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? (sighs) Well... That's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Welcome to the Snapple Market Auditory Experience. Close your eyes. Imagine you're walking into your neighborhood store. You make your way to the back and reach for your favorite Snapple flavor. You can't wait. You take a sip. Whoa, that's a lot of flavor. Mm. What flavor are you holding? Now, open your eyes and check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavorful Snapple near you. Welcome back, everyone. It's the middle of August, which means we're just weeks away from changing leaves and colder weather. But for us in entertainment, the fall means one thing, the start of award season never-ending award season, it almost feels like. And this year is already shaping up to be pretty interesting. First up, the host of the 2022 Emmys has been announced, and it is none other than Kenan Thompson. The longtime SNL cast member was confirmed to be hosting the show in a statement released by NBC yesterday. And though it's his first time hosting, Thompson is no stranger to the show, having been nominated six times for his work on SNL and most recently as lead actor in a comedy for his work on his own show, Kenan. Thompson released a statement yesterday along with the news saying, quote, 
Being a part of this incredible evening where we honor the best of the television community is ridiculously exciting. And to do it on NBC, my longtime network family, makes it even more special. Well, we wish all the luck to Keenan on his first time hosting. I just know he's going to do a great job. He's all that. <laughs> Had to put that in there. Speaking of NBC, the Hollywood Reporter broke yesterday that the Golden Globes will be returning to the network next year after being removed from the schedule this past January. That was drama. Last year, the Hollywood Foreign Press Association, the organization behind the Golden Globes, came under fire after a series of Los Angeles Times articles revealed that the group, which had zero black people among its 87 members, had engaged in unethical conduct and suspicious financial practices. The revelations led to many journalists, actors, and publicists boycotting the organization and NBC declining to air the 2022 ceremony. Since the backlash last year, the HFPA has instituted some major changes. Members are no longer allowed to accept gifts, and 21 new members have been added in the last year in order to improve diversity. Both the HFPA and NBC have yet to comment on the news or what led to the network bringing back the Globes. While I'm sure there's still a lot to be revealed about this year's ceremony, I know that the HFPA has a lot of work to do before they regain the full trust of Hollywood. We'll keep you up to date as we learn more. And finally, some Oscars news to leave you on, the big one. Academy Awards producer Will Packer has commented on Will Smith's recent video apology, commending Smith's Quote, transparency. In an interview with Entertainment Tonight, published Tuesday, the producer behind the 2022 Academy Awards, heard around the world, <laughs> shared his thoughts on the video Will Smith released last month, apologizing for his behavior at this year's Oscar ceremony. He said, quote, I love the fact that he's being so transparent about his process. He is being very public and honest and open about his remorse. And then Packer went on to say, I think that he's got three decades in this business of being somebody that is the exact opposite of who he was in those few seconds. And so I'm pulling for him. Well, after the incident at the show, Smith was banned from the Oscars for 10 years. Packer has not commented as to whether this latest update will affect the length of that ban or if he himself will be back in the producing chair. Yesterday was National Book Lovers Day, and with all the news swirling around this week, I wanted to make sure to stop and take a breath to recognize one of my favorite parts of each issue, the books page. I love to know what is new, what is trending, and what I should try to dig into once the baby is napping and the kid is occupied. <laughs> Joining me now is a fellow book lover and people's editor-in-chief, Liz Vaccarello. Liz, it is always so great to have you on the show. Welcome. I am thrilled to be here, and I love talking about books almost as much as I love talking about the magazine. So there's a story that has been everywhere this week. It's the release of former child star Jeanette McCurdy's memoir, I'm Glad My Mom Died, a title that is jarring, to say the least. This is our book of the week, so what can you tell us about it? So many of us know and love Jeanette McCurdy from Nickelodeon's iCarly. She was the funny best friend. She got her own spinoff before moving to directing and writing. Well, this is a powerful memoir, and this girl can write. It is the story of how she was forced into acting by an abusive mom who, Jeanette says, demanded devotion and encouraged eating disorders that have plagued poor Jeanette to this day. She talks about her journey to independence. 
and her mother, who died in 2013. It's really interesting because the writing is such that you're horrified by what the mother does, but there's like remarkable insight and even humor from Jeanette. So it is not as disturbing a read as you would think. So like mommy dearest modern times? Yes. Like when she was a background actor at the age of six, Jeanette's mom informed her that as her representative, quote, mommy's not going to take any of your money except for my salary plus essentials. But she neglected to say what essentials were. She talks about she got small roles that didn't satisfy her mother. She spent five years dreading showers because at 12, her mother was still showering her. And there's detail about like breast exams and front butt exams during the shower. And it's very disturbing. So let's move on to something a little lighter. There's a novel by Anthony Mara. Our book's editor, Kim Hubbard, says he is a literary master that enchants. So can you tell us about this latest novel of his, Mercury Picture Presents? So this is a World War II era movie industry saga. The plot is so propulsive and it makes you gasp. And even the sad moments are filled with love for the world and optimism. When people recommend a book, there's always that uplift at the end. It's this tale of a brilliant woman who must reinvent herself to survive, moving from Mussolini's Italy to 1940s Los Angeles. It's really the give and take between life and art, the cost of like integrity. This woman has a great deal of it. And what is the price she pays? Uh, Making peace with the past. It's really a life-affirming novel. Well, lastly, we have to talk about our featured book, Cat Brushing. This book is from a first-time author at 80 years old. Now, it seems like the author, Jane Campbell, wasn't finding what she was looking for in the marketplace because this book is really sharing stories of the sensual side of older women and misconceptions around that and aging and all of it, right? So first of all, you had me at, she wrote it at 80 years old. This is short stories. All 13 of the heroines in Miss Campbell's novel are older women dealing with the indignities of aging. Rarely do we talk about the inner lives or the sensual lives of older women. And they're unearthing their passions, their appetites, sense of self. She writes in a really kind of spiky way. And it's such a lovable cast of characters. It really overcomes the idea that like when you're an older woman, that your personalities and your passions must be overcome or controlled. In one of them, a woman named Susan falls in love with her beautiful young caregiver, Miffy. And they have this intentional, intense emotional relationship. So it's fascinating short bites that are just going to take you into the inner worlds of fascinating female characters. Liz, thank you so much for joining us again. I know you are so busy and it is always amazing to have you on. And everyone, make sure to check out this week's issue of People on Stands Friday for more book suggestions. Thanks, Liz. Thanks, Janine. Always happy to be on this and always happy to talk about books. Look what you've done. Parents, they love us, they raise us, but most importantly, they embarrass us. Whether it's hugging us in front of the cool kids at school or commenting a little too often on our Facebook posts, parents have been embarrassing us since the dawn of time. And as a parent myself, I know that I am just gearing up to do that once these little ones get older. But Dennis Graham, father of Drake, the Drake, went above and beyond back in 2017 when he got his son's face tattooed on his right shoulder. And it's not like, you know, one of those 
those baby pictures that, you know, uh, parents get on their... This was like a legit adult son tattoo. So this past weekend, the Toronto Raptor posted a picture of his father's massive tattoo on Instagram with the caption, I was just sitting here thinking, why you do me like this? We family. (laughs) With a couple of laughing emojis for good fun. I'm staring at this photo right now. And while the ink certainly looks like Drake, let's just say the portrait is not exactly flattering. (laughs) Drake's dad came back in the comments saying, I love you and miss you with a few heart emojis before adding, I had 16 people to try and straighten this out. They're hurting me. Aw, wow, 16 artists. That's a lot of tattooing. I, for one, would be absolutely horrified if either of my parents got my image tattooed on their bodies. But there is something, you know, sort of sweet about paying 16 different people to try and make it look right. Regardless, Drake and his father are having a lot of fun over this tattoo, and it's certainly something to make you smile. Well, that's all for today, everyone. I hope you have a good evening, and we'll see you back tomorrow for another brand new episode of People Every Day.